Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Mavs Sports Day, episode 32, your weekly podcast for sports, business, and a whole lot more. We are here to tackle the business of all sides of sports, whether it be NFL, NBA, MLB, the whole sports world in general, and talk about the news that you want to hear about. I, of course, am Ryan Roberts here, Director of Scouting and Info Draft by my 18-year scouting vet. From the NFL up to the CFL, Arena League, three straight Arena League championships with Arizona Rattlers, fresh off of his appearance at the hub of football camp this weekend. David Turner with the blinking glasses in honor of <laughs> St. Paddy's Day, of course, coming up here soon. David, happy early St. Paddy's Day. How are you? My yeah, friend? well, you know, we're taping Tuesday, but St. Paddy's is tomorrow. So we thought we'd, you know, we had a Halloween theme show. Why not do a St. Paddy's Day show? Have a little fun with it. Enjoy yeah. it. We got two great interviews coming up. We got a lot of talking points. I mean, obviously, live chat, throw them in there. We'll get to them. We'll make it happen. But, you know, I mean, free agencies on the roll. Um, Tampon period opened up and a lot of contracts got agreed to really quickly. Shocking how that happened. Um, and then, and then uh, you know, we're, we're just on the heels of, what, five weeks out from the draft or something. So, you know, we're right there. So a lot, lot going on in our world. I, I love the phrase legal tampering because it's the biggest contradiction of all time because tampering's illegal. So calling it legal is, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying. But we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But it's really funny. Happy St. Patty Day out there to everyone. If you're listening to us on a Wednesday or afterwards, if you're watching us live on the NFL Draft Bible live stream on Twitter, on YouTube, or on Twitch, you're going to be wondering, what's up with this background Ryan's got rocking? Well, uh, David Turner about an hour ago said, hey, it's the St. Patty's Day episode. So I threw on a green <laughs> shirt with a shamrock. And luckily enough, the green background does not mesh with this shirt. So you got the ugly green background tonight, but it's all good. I got the Map Sports hat on, so we're all good to go couple cool interviews that we have. We're going to be t- talking a little bit about the Hub football camp that David was at this weekend. We'll be talking a little bit about free agency open up. We also have some question and answers for our mailbag this weekend. But of course, what we've been doing recently is, especially with NFL draft now, only 40-something odd days away, right? We've been bringing on a lot of interviews with some players for the NFL draft side of things. We've been dr- bringing on industry professionals from all avenues of sports. But we have two 2021 NFL draft prospects tonight, which I'm really excited about. One of them being Cameron Kinley, who is a defensive back coming out of Navy, the Naval Academy this year, who is a 6'2", 200-plus pound listed cornerback who's played some safety. But he has a remarkable story. I must tell you, when I got Cameron on here, and I got him on because he's a good football player, right? He's going to have a chance to play the next level. But when I did digging, 
I mean, David can can contest to this, right? Attest, not contest, attest to this. <laughs> I text him early and I was like, yo, this might be a long interview tonight because Cameron's got a background story. And I apologize to anybody out there on Twitter. I put the schedule out on Twitter earlier today and I actually mixed up the interview. So we're going to have 8.45 Eastern time, Cameron Kindley, and then t- uh, 9.15 Eastern time. We're going to have on D'Angelo Amos, who is uh, Amos, my apologies, who is a the James Madison transfer spent his final year at Virginia after the season got pushed to the spring safety started for the Cavaliers, very talented defensive back. But if you're talking about the special teams value to a, a player in a position, my man in his three years as a starter, both as a return specialist and safety for James Madison averaged nearly 17 yards per punt return over 1200 punt return yardage had five touchdowns and five blocked kicks. So if you've caught us on Friday Night Scout School, we talk so much about the importance of special teams, the importance of it for players to not only stick, but then to excel and give themselves time to develop as football players. And we're talking to D'Angelo Amos, who is arguably the best special teamer in this class. You know, he is a guy that is going to be a difference maker in that area. So, inviting everybody that's live with us now, throw questions in the chat at all time. Like I said, we got some mailbag questions we're going to get to throughout the show. And we want to thank you so much for joining us, obviously. We have Alec Polito with the first comment of the night saying, David Turner, fashion icon. Agreed. Agreed. It's like a young <laughs> like a young Elton John or something like that. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. First shot of the night. First shot of the night. Before we get into some of the free agent talk, actually, we're going to start a little bit with the hub talk. Before we go, though, I need to let you guys know that before we get into what we are here at Maverick Sports Consulting, would like to say to you is if you're a college looking to improve your recruiting department to maximize the transfer portal, high school recruiting, and junior college transfers to turn your program around quickly, David Turner has 19 years of personnel experience, 10 years NFL experience managing college scouting department, as well as pro personnel departments. Mavericks is primed and ready to work with your existing staff and coaches to build you a recruiting department that will mirror your efforts in the coaching department. Let David and Maverick Sports Consulting assist you building a championship team in 2021. Please visit mavericksportsconsulting.com. So David, you're at the hub this weekend. I know it was a great experience. I know there is some exciting news that unfortunately you can't, you know, put the cat out of the bag as far as who what player is getting signed unfortunately, but just your general experience. Don, I know that it's a exciting event that Don Yee is, is now putting out there, who of course is the agent that represents Tom Brady amongst other NFL um, NFL players. How exciting was it to be out there in San Diego and, and be a part of this movement that we have going on in the hub? Well, what was really great about the hub this weekend was a, a lot of the players showed up in shape. They showed up try, uh, competing. They kept each other healthy and safe during the whole competition. So for me, it was just like, you know, this is a great environment for kids. He gave a great environment for kids to come participate and um, make the most of it. He, he puts real life, I'm assuming real life, but actual NFL style coaches on the field for him. So they're getting good, good coaching through the drills, through everything that they're trying to do in the competitions. Uh, we, we were able to do a little one-on-ones with the, the wide receivers and DBs hoping to be able to extend that, you know, to other positions the next go around. But with COVID protocol, keeping everybody safe, everybody healthy, you know, we we had to limit those a little bit. But uh, it was a great event. 
Um, one player we already know will be signed out of this event. Um, that's been confirmed. We can uh, release all the details once the uh, player passes his physical with the NFL team. And then, you know, we hope that many more will come from this event. And, you know, as, as they digest the film, when we get it to them later this week, they get to see the live reps themselves. Uh, you know, many of them were there. Don't get me wrong. We had seven NFL teams there and um, we had another two or three CFL teams. So a lot of people were in house to be able to see these players compete and move forward in their careers. So it was really awesome. Obviously Rick was out there, Tom Goodheims, you know, Jamie and Don and, you know, the whole crew was just great. There was this young cat out there mean man he hustled for me i was hurting i was in pain with my ankle and he was out there hustling uh, helping me out and it was great just to have everybody around and you know just be on the football with the guys again you know be on the field with the guys was great we've been talking the last two cycles about how a lot of players have not gotten the opportunity that they rightfully you know have worked for and deserve and these types of events are giving those players and extra ability to get your name out there, to get your face out there in front of those NFL execs. David, I know you've been involved with similar styles to this with the ANC Combine and, and different things, you know, recent times. But is this the first time, because I know there's been players signed after your event, is this the first time that it's happened right in the middle of the event? Like, that has to be an insane kind of moment. Yeah, it was insane. It was it was awesome because the young man that got picked um, – you know, somebody I've been invested in for months with and yep. uh, being able to put him in front of these these men and decision makers and literally watch it all kind of unfold in real time was just incredible because he, he's very deserving. He's going to take advantage of the opportunity and, you know, for him to get it that quickly, you know, and again, it wasn't quickly for him. He came out last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Nobody looked at him. He didn't have really good stats from college because in college they moved him around to different positions. So he never he was a jack of all trades, master of none, because other people can only play certain positions. So he was the one they could move around. So it kind of messed him up to get noticed and no pro days and no uh, mini camps and stuff. So even if a scout had seen him at his little college, you know, they they couldn't go to bat for him and get him there. So now he, he maximized what he was doing. He, he and I met at an ANC combine. I, I was like, okay, cool. Bring him to the hub, you know, invite him to the hub. Actually, he paid for himself to get out there. And then he was, he was just prepared to take advantage of it. So, you know, like I said, could be more proud. And, and it was kind of crazy. Buzz started building on the field that it was happening. And then the competition level kind of went up a little bit more because, Everybody was like, wow, these guys really getting signed right here. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's happening. You know, NFL teams are looking for talent. And the hub is an event where they know they can come find it now and, and take advantage of it right away if, they, if they're, you know, quick enough. Yeah, man, that's incredible. I, would, I mean, just to witness that moment is, is such a cool thing. And, and that's kind of an interesting point, though, David. We might need to talk about that at like another time. But it's like some of those small school kids, right? Like if you're the best athlete on your team, like you're saying, like you're going to get moved around a bunch because they're trying to like maximize you in different spots because you're the guy that can do it, which hurts development a lot, which people don't really talk about too much, which is kind of just like an interesting little layer to the evaluation process. You see guys playing positions that they probably shouldn't be playing, but it's just the fact of like, Hey, they're a big fish in a small pond, you know? So they are kind of the, the, I don't want to say unfortunate, because I'm sure they're more than willing and, and more than capable of doing it at their level. 
but it definitely doesn't help their progression into one position, obviously. So, well, no. And again, it's, you know, the coaches get these great athletes and they're like, wow, you can play more than one spot, but then they get the lesser athlete that only can play, you know, as a one hole filler. And so then it's like, I can move him around, but that hurt him for the next. So being a team first guy, he might not have got noticed, but again, he's made his road. He's gotten in front of people like myself and now he's, he's where he belongs. So, you know, as long as he passes his physical knock on wood, you know, he'll be fine and uh, he'll be upfield and uh, moving forward. Yep, absolutely. So we want to roll right into our first interview. Awesome stuff, obviously, with the hub taking place. We have a really fun one here, okay? A young man, Cameron Kinley, who is a defensive back out of Navy, out of the Naval Academy, who, I mean, I'll be very honest, Cam. Welcome to the show, first and foremost. I was impressed by you as a football player. So, you know, when we had the opportunity to talk, I was like, definitely, let's bring on the show, man. And then I start doing my research on you. And I'm like, wow, this kid's got some background story, too, that I would love to dive into. So, Cameron Kinley, defensive back out of Navy, first and foremost, man, really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. No, this is going to be a great one. I, I, As a West Coast scout, I didn't get to go to Navy, but I would always go to Air Force. And, okay. You know, and be able to see, be at the service academies is always a special moment for me, so – when Ryan said that you were actually going to grace us with your presence, I was fired up. So, uh, Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely, man. So a little background on Cam real quick before we start you know, berating him with, with questions. Obviously, he's a team captain this past year for Navy. 26-game starter who has played mostly corner. Uh, kind of has a versatility to him, though, because he's listed at about 6'2", a little over 200 pounds. Really interesting backstory. Uh, I want to start here with you, Cameron, if I can, because I know it, it's a typical question, right? Everybody dealt with the COVID pan, uh, COVID-19 pandemic going from the spring into the summer, into the fall. What's going to happen? Is there going to be football? So I want to start there just by asking about your general experience with it, your ability to navigate some of those hardships. And then if you could just at the end kind of fill us in, because I heard a story about you, about a accident that you had with an 18-wheeler that I would love for you to present to the listeners if you could. All right. Yeah. So I guess I'll take you back to I guess this time last year, you know, when we kind of found out that we weren't going to be returning back to school for spring ball. And it was weird, you know, being at the a Naval Academy, we don't really go home too much. And so being home for that long was already surprising. But fortunately, uh, fortunately for me, uh, my dad is a high school football coach. And then my younger brother plays football at MTSU. So I had both of them with me at home. So I was kind of just grinding with my little brother. Uh, in our garage, just like the old days back in high school, uh, going to the field with a couple of kids I played with in high school. I'm um, just waiting for when we could return. And so we got the green light to come back to the academy late June. And I had to drive back because I had driven down there for uh, back home for spring break. And I had about four hours left in the drive. And I was in Virginia and it started drizzling a little bit. I was coming around the bend on the highway and I felt my car swerve. Um, and I was like, OK, this has happened before. I was not running too much. I wasn't speeding or anything. So as I tried to get control over it a little bit, began to swerve uncontrollably, started spinning around on the highway. After I spun around, I would say two, three times. Fourth time I'm coming around, I look and I see an 18-wheeler coming. And at that point, I was just like, I mean, this is probably it for me. You know, I came to grips that uh, I was probably going to die right then and there. So I made contact with the 18-wheeler. 
spunked off to the side and I realized I was still alive. And I mean, initially I was upset that my car was totaled, of course, but I called my mom and she was like, that car is replaceable. Your life isn't. And I broke down on the side of the highway, just crying like, man, that's, yeah, I, I'm lucky to be here, you know. Um, and so kind of going from that, that was an opening experience. It really made me be grateful for every day of life I had after that, even being in the pandemic. And I feel like that helped my mindset going into this unique season. Uh, as for many people, it was a it was a long season. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't ideal, you know, getting tested three times a week, not being able to practice like you want to. Fans not in the stands, you know, a lot of aspects of the game weren't there. So it challenged me as a leader a lot. I was able to grow um, leading the team through those difficulties. We didn't have much success on the field, but I can say that a lot of players were able to grow as people. And I think that's what matters the most uh, in the game of football. So it was easily the most rewarding year, even though it wasn't the most ideal. Cameron, it, it, for so for after that accident, I, I, I was listening to a special or I was reading something. I forget what it was. But I believe it said somewhere in there that after that happened, right, obviously for your parents, I'm sure that was a very traumatic experience, right? Like that's insane as well, obviously, as it was for you firsthand. But you hadn't – so you hadn't seen them again after that event since SMU, a football game that you had to play? Right, yeah. So I saw them June 20 – I want to say – June 26th was when I left home, I want to say. And I didn't see them again until October 31st when we played SMU. Um, and so, of course, that was still weighing on them heavy just for them to be able to put their hands on me. Of course, I was in the season, so I didn't forget about it, but I was kind of moving past. But when I saw them after that game, I mean, they gave me a lot longer hug than I expected. And then I remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is their first time. They're getting a chance to lay eyes on me and put their hands on me. Um, so they were definitely very excited to see me for sure. That's just an amazing story right there. And like as a parent, you know, I, Ryan's a young parent, but I have a like my oldest is turning 16 this year to mm-hmm. imagine that he was, you know, in that kind of accident and I couldn't right. get to him. Like, yeah. woo, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one it was tough for my mom for sure. It was definitely tough for my mom. But thankfully, my roommate, uh, he's from the Maryland area. So him and his dad got in the truck and they came and picked me up, which I was very thankful for. And I mean, to be honest, I still got some PTSD from the accident. I don't like driving in the rain. Uh, I'm always jumping and stuff when cars are stopping. So it's gotten better, but I still got a lot to work on before I'm comfortable back out there on the road, for sure. Now, coming out of that, the car was totaled, but it sounded like you 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 came walking away pretty healthy now. No injuries, which is crazy. Uh, some people ran to the car right after the accident, and um, they were they were shocked that I was still alive. And then I was able to get out, and they were like, nothing's hurting on you i was like no nah, i'm good man like, i'm just upset <laughs> but I was, I'm, gu- I'm good yeah you had a guardian angel man <laughs> for sure. least in that yeah, situation That's- we might have wolverine standing right here <laughs> in front of us. taking on an 18 wheeler and walking away unscathed just going yeah i got it i'm just brushing it off i'm walking right. away yeah you i was know? lucky for sure i was definitely lucky Mm-hmm. So let me let me ask you this. You're the first player since 1991 to be ele- uh, elected class president as well as a team captain. And, uh, you know, what what what's going on? I mean, this is a pretty incredible badge of honor to wear as you walk in the halls. I imagine there at the Naval Academy to not only be a captain of the team, but then be elected, you know, the, the student body president. Right. Do I, do I have that right? Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, I was involved with student government in high school. I kind of enjoyed it. It gave me opportunity to 
get involved on the school side of things um, and not just being involved in athletics. So I knew when I came to the academy, I wanted to do something of some sort. I didn't know if it was going to be class president after my freshman year here because, I mean, the schedule was so demanding. Um, so I just didn't know if I had enough time. But the elections rolled around and I asked my mom if I should go for it. And she, of course, knowing me best, was like, yeah, you'll be disappointed if you don't. Um, so I went up for it. And I, truth be told, I didn't think I was going to win. I didn't know too many people. Uh, I slid in there on the last slot, um, had the opportunity to give a speech. And fortunately, I was able to garner enough votes to win the position. And it's been rewarding ever since. I've been able to make a lot of connections and develop a lot of relationships and develop as a leader, most importantly, and being able to be there for my classmates in that manner, as well as be there for my teammates, being the team captain. I mean, it's, it's been a heck of an experience for sure. Mm-hmm. And Cameron, we're definitely going to get into the football side of everything, because I know that's like the the next step that you're working towards. It's just some of these backstories, man, are just so cool that I was able to research and just find out a little about yourself. And just something that I wanted to ask before we start getting heavy into the football side of everything is in one of those videos or one of the articles that I was reading about you, I heard a lot about your role as a huge advocate and voice for racial equality throughout the challenges. Cause I think a lot of people when the pandemic hit, right, people have forgotten about the black lives matter movement, right. right? And, and all the things that, were, was in you know still happening right mm-hmm. like it wasn't like it just went away people act like it was like okay next thing let's move on but you have been so outspoken and involved in that movement in racial equality in general can you just talk to us a little bit about the importance of that role in your life and that element of who you are right so i remember when trayvon martin got killed uh i can't remember exactly what grade i was in but i remember my mom picked me and my little brother up from school she wasn't saying much in the car and then when we got home, she sat us down at the dining room table and just kind of played the phone call um, where you could hear him getting shot. And she just started crying. Me and my brother were looking kind of confused. And she was just saying, like, look, it's people out there in this world who are going to look at you and just judge you because of the way you look. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Um, and so she was like, if you get pulled over by a police car, hands on the steering wheel. You know, they call it the talk. Um, for African-Americans. So hands on the steering wheel. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Whatever it might be. Treat them with respect. Um, Don't walk with your hands in your pockets. Don't walk in the store with a hoodie on. All those different kind of things. And I mean, nobody should have to live their life that way, uh, strictly off of their appearance. You know what I mean? And so when these events kind of rolled back around this summer, it was nothing new. But given that the world was on a pause, everybody had time to take notice of what was going on. And so I felt like that was the perfect time to take that spotlight and make sure that people are becoming aware of what goes on in our country and some of the blind spots that we need to address. And so we started a a racial council for racial equality on the Navy football team. And throughout the summer, we were hosting different panels um, regarding police um, brutality and police reform and ways that we can address that in training, uh, education initiatives, um, the lack of African-American history that's being taught in school and just things in that nature. And I feel like a lot of people were getting informed. You know, we had a lot of involvement from the administration here at Navy, as well as other students. And then going from there, we developed the midshipman diversity team. And we've been doing a lot of works uh, within the brigade with that, holding different discussions. And I mean, recently we uh, selected our first female African-American brigade commander ever for Navy. Um, And so that was huge for us. And I mean, she's a great young lady, you know, regardless of her skin color, the things that she's been able to accomplish, she's very deserving of that position. 
And so I've seen a lot of growth from the Naval Academy and I've seen a lot of growth around the country. But most importantly, uh, it's all about equality. You know, no matter what you look like, no matter what your gender is, everybody should have that equal opportunity um, that we say we promise here in America. You know, so that's my biggest thing is just advocating for that. That's uh, uh, Karen. I can't I can't express to you how incredible that is, because so my backstory is on top of doing the stuff that I do as director of scouting info draft Bible and Sports Illustrated. I am actually a teacher at a um, charter school here in New Jersey that is okay. 86% African-American and then like 13% Hispanic, right? So it's so interesting to me because I teach with one gentleman specifically that is an African-American, right? And we talk to the kids all the time about when these events happen, when the, the, the you know, the march from the Capitol happened. And he mentioned something to me, which I had never thought about before, to be very honest with you. It was the difference between the definition of safety between people, right? Mm. Safety for me, for a, a white male that looks like me, is to be able to feel comfortable to have this type of conversation, right? right. But safety for a black person or a brown person or a person of color in general is to feel like they're not going to die right. in a lot of spots, you know? So I love that you're putting this out there. I love that you are giving us your firsthand experience because this is a conversation that people for too long have been afraid to have. Sure. So I just want to say before we continue with the football questions in a second, that I really genuinely appreciate you putting yourself out there and putting your perspective out there because that's the only way that change is ever going to happen is if we keep talking about it. We keep putting it out there and we are eventually not afraid to have this conversation. So I appreciate right. it so much. I definitely appreciate you for bringing it up for sure. I mean, I love having those discussions. And like you said, that's the only way that we're going to be able to get informed is willing to have these conversations that can be uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, sure. But I feel like there's a lot of growth that comes from it. So I definitely appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, and it's a, it's a hot topic that's in every locker room in the NFL. So now, the people that watch us and that are decision makers and stuff, they kind of know how you're feeling and where your position is on everything. And they know that they're getting a leader, not only for locker room, but in the, in the society that that team is uh, housed in, you know, you're going to walk in that community with big shoes and the right and the right way with your shoulders exactly. forward. But that being said, let's talk about the draft process. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about what's been going on. Like, now, as being a man that's at the Naval Academy, are you allowed to participate in any of the all-star games? Right. Are you allowed to do anything in front of teams? Because I know there's its own set of rules about, you know, you're, ba you're on a base, right? Right. <laughs> so so you, yeah. I mean, can they come to your pro day? How is this going to happen? Walk us through your football world right now. Yeah, so it's been very interesting. You know, um, after I declared in for the draft back in January, I uh, signed with an agency. And so the first step of approval was um, being allowed to go to the College Gridiron Showcase down in Dallas, Texas. So I had to write out some paperwork to that uh, for that to the school, kind of just asking for some extra days to stay back home to attend. And they approved it. Um, so I was able to go down there and compete and show myself, um, showcase my abilities in front of a lot of scouts. So I was very fortunate for that opportunity. And then immediately after that, I actually got an invite to the Hula Bowl. Um, which was good. And so I put up more paperwork to get approved to go to the Hula Bowl. Fortunately, one of my teammates was already going, uh, Peter Netchwitz. He plays offensive line. And so that kind of got approved pretty uh, pretty fast. And so I went out to Hawaii um, 
spent a week out there. Great experience. You know, that was an amazing experience, opportunity, competing with a lot of guys from bigger schools and whatnot. And then after that, I was kind of at a crossroads because I wanted to stay back home and go down to Georgia um, to train a little bit with Chip Smith. But this is where the service academy kind of comes into play, you know. Um, so they didn't approve that one. And so I've been back at school ever since. I got back up here February 7th. And it's it's been interesting. Uh, we're kind of on lockdown right now because of COVID. So nobody really comes on campus. We can't leave campus. And so I've just been working out with my strength coach up here, but he can't even always come on. So sometimes it's just me recording my workout, sending it to him, him sending me back uh, critiques and whatnot and fixing it the next day. So that's kind of what's been going on for the past month or so, uh, getting ready for the pro day. Um, so initially Navy wasn't hosting one. So I reached out to the University of Memphis uh, per the NFL policies. You can go attend a pro day in your hometown. And they actually said that I could come down and participate in theirs, which is going to be uh, this Friday, the 19th. So I'll be headed down there to participate in their pro day. And then Navy's going to be hosting one next week as well that I plan to participate in. Um, so that's kind of where I am right now. So you'll be you'll be uh, taking part in two pro days. Yes, sir. Memphis and Navy. And what now? What's your what's your best estimate? You're gonna run. I'll say four, four, five. Four, four, five on a slow day or on a good day. That's that's a good rep for me. <laughs> that's a good rep. That's a good rep. You know, at six, at six one two two hundred, I'll be very satisfied with a four, four, five. Uh, I was a track guy in high school, so I, I think I think I'll be good. What events did you run in high school? Uh, one hundred meter and a four by one. Okay, what was your best hundred meter time? Ten nine. Ten nine. Okay. Ten nine guys. So. Now, not enough to win the meets, but you know, I was up there competing. <laughs> I was competing. Enough to get a leg of the four by one. Yeah, so, hey, yeah. All yeah. you need, man. Well, Cam, I'm excited. I'm excited about that, man. I think the one good thing is, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this pro day, this the, your first pro day this Friday. Make sure that you get some eyes on Cameron Kinley going down there. Uh, Memphis, you said, is the one on Friday. Right. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so get your eyes on the Memphis pro day, obviously, this Friday. I want to. I think that this might be a, a good. I, I don't want to say good. Let me rephrase my. Let me phrase my speaking here. Okay. So the team meetings that David talked about, right? It might be like a thing that you have to kind of figure out with moving parts, being on the base, all that type of stuff. It be fully virtual, though. I assume that it has been actually maybe easier for you to get in front of some NFL teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's definitely helped a lot. You know, I've talked to a decent amount of teams and. My agent has been uh, talking to a decent amount of teams. So uh, Memphis have a lot of teams down at their pro day uh, with Kenneth Gainwell and DeMonte Coach and Brady White and all of them. So that that's definitely working in my favor. I don't know how many teams are coming to Navy next week. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing, you know. This is a childhood dream. I kind of declare for it with not much interest, you know. I didn't know what was going to happen. So as soon as I talked to my first team, I was – I was like, whoa, you know, like I'm really out here living my dream. Um, so anytime a team reaches out to me, I'm very fortunate to hear from them. Yeah. And now uh, there's definitely going to be a nice crowd in Memphis. O'Brien Goodson also defensive right, tackle. Yes, so there's, a, there's a lot of good football players coming out of Memphis, which is great for you. Getting more eyes. Wanted to ask you about that process now of talking to teams. Can you give us some teams that you've been talking to and just kind of general feedback and the ability to build relationships with those teams that right. may, may be your boss very soon here? Yeah, I would say um, when I was down in Texas, I, I spoke with a representative from the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Uh, I feel like, of course, the biggest thing that they were impressed with was my leadership experience. 
um, and my maturity and discipline that I can bring to their team. Uh, they like the way I was moving, especially for my size, uh, being 6'1", 200 pounds, being able to flip my hips and whatnot. Uh, I feel like a lot of teams just want to see what I run at this point. Uh, when I was out in Hawaii, I heard from the Cowboys um, as well as the Eagles. So a lot of it is going to come down to the 40. Uh, if I can post a good 40 time, then I, I'm pretty sure that I can end up in somebody's camp, uh, which is the ultimate goal, just getting the opportunity and uh, going from there. So I'm looking forward to it. Who's representing you? Uh, Devon Sports uh, Entertainment. So my agent is uh, Michael Desane. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. That was going to be my next question, David. You, still <laughs> you Irish guys are always behind. So uh, tell me how <laughs> Tell me how you got to uh, to that representation i'm sure there was more than just a few uh pursuing you yeah so the president of the um operations for the agency ryan williams jenkins he actually played here at the academy back in uh 2014 and so my relationship i've been he's been one of my mentors since i've been here at the academy um and so i knew he was going to be very understanding of my situation going to the service academy and how it works with the pre-draft process and he was going to be able to understand the limitations of what I can and couldn't do. And most of, most importantly, I knew that both him and Mike, um, they were in it for me, you know, being they're a relatively new agency. Um, so I knew that they were going to be fully invested in me, uh, not even just in football, but in life. You know, we have a lot of talks just mentorship wise and giving me guidance and whatnot. So I feel very comfortable with them um, helping me in this next path for my future. And Cameron, last question I want to end this off on uh, um, right now is I, I probably should have started this one because it's very unique to play for a service academy, right? To play at a school like Navy. And for the people that don't follow history, obviously, at one point, Navy was the cream of the crop in college football. Like there's proud tradition, guys like Roger Staubach and all those dudes that have gone through there and have been wildly successful, even in recent years with guys like Malcolm Perry and Keenan Reynolds and a lot of darn good football players have come out of Navy. So just for maybe recruits out there that might be listening, players that were once in your shoes, sell them a little bit of why they would want to play at a place like Navy and the great things that they can provide for you. Yeah, I will honestly say that Navy is the total package. Uh, you know, going through the recruiting process, uh, my one of my biggest things was academics. I had to know that I was going to be taken care of. And when I came to Navy, not only is it a top 25 school academically, not only was it a top 25 school football wise, but I knew that I was going to develop as a person um, and being in this environment was truly going to stretch me out of my comfort zone. And I didn't feel like that could happen at a lot of other universities. Um, I knew it was going to be tough. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult, but I knew I was going to come out a better person, a better leader. And that was going to allow me to be a better father, father, husband, and whatever my occupation is in the future. Um, so it was more so just being able to develop and then having my academics taken care of, knowing that this degree, um, a lot of companies would, as soon as they see that Naval Academy degree, they're like, okay, sign me up. Um, and then being able to play big-time football, you know, against some big-time opponents. I've been able to play on against a lot of NFL receivers uh, from Memphis, so I've been able to play in my hometown twice, played Notre Dame three times, and then, of course, the Army-Navy game is always a big one at the end of the year. So all, all of your experiences are there. Um, and then on top of all that, if the football thing doesn't work out for you, uh, you still have that guaranteed job with the opportunity to give back by serving your country, which is something a lot of people don't have the uh, opportunity to do. So 
it's really just a full package that I couldn't see any way that I can lose um, other than sacrificing a, a few things that are important for a college student. Um, but looking in the future, you'll look back and realize it's not that important. So just being able to make that decision at a young age was big for me. Mm-hmm. Well, Cam, I, I would say that this has been a phenomenal interview, man. I, I really, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't want you to go. You know, this is, this is so much fun. <laughs> I know we can keep him on the whole show. Like, hey, let's start talking about something else now. <laughs> when, when David retires, you're gonna be my podcast host. Okay? Hey, look, that means I'm, I'm tired of <laughs> He kicks me off. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Uh, Cam, last thing I'll let you get out here, man. If you want to throw out some some social media handles, you want to let people know, just just leave them a final word. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can follow, keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at CK3, the thrill, CK number three, T-H-E-T-H-R-I-L-L. Um, and I mean, my biggest thing, this whole process has taught me, uh, my mom always said, if your dreams don't scare you, then you're not dreaming big enough. Uh, the most important thing is to believe in yourself, put your work in, and then everything else will handle itself. So don't be scared to go chase after your dreams, no matter what the chances are no matter what the percentages say uh at the end of the day you control your own destiny love it man great way to end this one again cameron kinley defensive back out of navy 2021 nfl draft prospect only 40 something odd days away from the big day cameron wishing you the best of luck man i know this is going to be a surreal moment for you whenever you land with your team but wishing you the absolute best throughout the process hey thank you ryan and david i enjoyed it a lot y'all take care you too cam thank you so much yeah all right, well, David Turner, I feel like we just keep outdoing ourselves, man, every week. We I just feel like I got replaced really quick. <laughs> you hit the ejector <laughs> button on me. You were like, get out. Hey, I need this uh, guy. I would you like, you're I would gone. I would never do that. I, I should have said he could be one of our co-hosts, you know? Three's not a crowd, right? Like we could just- No, not with that guy. Jeez. Wow. You know, that was a phenomenal interview. That was a great interview. I'm excited to have D'Angelo Amos on in a second here, who's been a player that I've been in contact in the past. He's been a player that I've been following for the last couple of years. If we're talking about versatility, we're talking about the ability to play free safety on the roof, to play down near the box, to play in the slot, do all types of things defensively. And then you add in that he is arguably one of the greatest punt returners in college football history, as well as blocking five kicks in his career as well. I mean, there's just so much that a guy like D'Angelo can bring to a football team. We're going to bring him on in a second. Apologize if we don't get to some of these questions tonight because, man, that you know these interviews tonight, some phenomenal football players, phenomenal young men. So we apologize. We'll get to them next week, though, if we don't get to them. Before we get into the next interview, we here at Maverick Sports Consulting would like to ask you to follow, subscribe, and take the chance to interact with us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and other social media platforms. We are a company that is all about helping maximize your opportunities in front of you and your career. The only way we can support you is to hear from you. Your takeaway from tonight's show should be that if you interact with us, we will find a way to help you in your career path. Reach out and we could do a Mavs episode on your favorite topic, or we could circle back with you to help you with some individual attention. Don't wait. Reach out today at Mav underscore sports on all social media platforms. So, David, uh, exciting one. Like I said, I'm going to bring him on now because I don't want to, you know, we're just rolling with these great interviews. So bringing <laughs> on D'Angelo Amos, who, again, transferred from James Madison, unfortunate events, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, ended his career at the University of Virginia, had a very nice season at safety for the University of Virginia, one of the greatest punt returners 
and just return specialist of all time in college football history. D'Angelo, I know this has been a long time coming, man. That's finally getting face-to-face, but appreciate you hopping on with us tonight, man. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. what's happening, man? How you doing? How you doing? He's got that chill, laid-back West Coast vibe kind of to him, doesn't he? <laughs> He's I know. Just like, yeah, okay. And he's, a, and he's an East Coast guy, so that's <laughs> both worlds, right? Yeah, a so, little bit. I love it, man. I love it. So, D'Angelo, I'm going to rattle off some numbers real quick just to put in context the career, the football career that you had so uh, during your college career. So we're talking about during his James Madison career, two-time All-American, 135 career tackles, two interceptions, six-and-a-half tackles for loss, almost 1,300 career punt return yards, which came at 16.6 yards per clip, five touchdowns, also had five curve block kicks at both his stops, 47 total tackles this past season, three tackles for loss, two interceptions, three pass breakups, playing safety for the University of Virginia. I will say my first time watching D'Angelo Amos, actually, D'Angelo, I don't even know if I told you this, right? So this was 2018, I guess, right? You were a redshirt sophomore at that point. Um, I live right outside of Philadelphia. So it was the University of Villanova. You guys were in Villanova, yeah. and you took two punts to the house during that Villanova game. So that was my yeah. first introduction into D'Angelo Amos and the great football player that you are. And uh, we kind of wanted to hit on a few different topics with you. want to talk about this past offseason a little bit because I know there were a lot of trials and tribulations and navigating a lot of uns- uncertainty, obviously, with the James Madison season and most of the FCS season getting bumped to the spring. Ultimately, you decided that taking the transfer option, ending up at Virginia, can you just take us through the uncertain offseason and your decision to ultimately transfer to Virginia? Um, it was a conversation uh, that I had with me and the other athletes, uh, Mike Green, a lot of seniors in the locker room, just, what you know, the what-ifs. It was a lot of what-ifs, a lot of what-if scenarios. Um, going through the offseason, it was just like, hey, you know, we're going to stick it out. Uh, we're going to find a way. You know, we were staying in contact with all the coaching staffs, all the coaches. Uh, we had a lot of group messages with uh, Coach Signetti where we we're just kind of reassuring each other. But as teams started to cancel and move to the spring or just say, hey, we're going to wait till next fall, um, that likelihood of playing this fall started to, you know, go out the window a little bit. Um, and then we're waiting on the NCAA, see what they're going to do. And then when they made their announcement, it was like, hey, if 50% of the FCS – decides not to play then there's no football in the fall we gotta hope for the spring and once again even that's not certain um because that's still per team per university and what they want to do uh what's safe for the university and and the players so for me we was already at i think at when i made my decision like 43 percent, 41 percent. so i was like the chances of that happening um especially with it being so soon and how late that decision came out by the ncaa to go about it that way um, really for me it was like, if I want to play this fall, um, and I knew regardless, how I was going to go into this year's draft. It was like, if I play in the spring, I don't have real time to, to train or real off time to, to come back, just recovery from my body, uh, before the draft. And then if they were going to have private workouts or anything like that, I had no time to prepare. So, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it was just the chances of FBS and then, uh, be more, specific power five plan this fall was the best choice. So it was a decision that I just felt like at this point um, was best for me. So, mm-hmm. 
And, wh- and why why uh, the University of Virginia? Well, actually, maybe start me off with a little bit because I know I've talked to a lot of guys that have very different experiences in the transfer portal, right? Like somebody loved it. They loved the attention. Some people hated it. Their phone was ringing off the line the whole time. For you, what was the experience like? And then why ultimately was Virginia the best spot? Um. Well, when I first entered the portal, I got that email from the NCAA saying, hey, you're officially in the portal. Um, and I posted it, posted it on Twitter. And I think not even 30 minutes later, I think Coach Wheat hit me up from – he was previously at LSU. I think he was a defensive analyst, uh, but he was now at Nevada. Um, hit me up immediately. And I was like, I ain't been 30 minutes yet. Like, I don't – I didn't get me that fast. So, uh, for me, it was very fast. I think I hopped in the portal like on, on a Wednesday or Thursday. And by Sunday, I was packing up my apartment going to UVA. So, it was very fast. Um like I said, to make a decision like that, to where I was going to go, that was giving me the best shot. It was very hectic, very stressful a little bit. But um, ultimately, I just narrowed it down to a few teams based off of location was part of it, for sure. Um, yep. But to me, the entire experience as a whole, um, it was reassuring because coming out of FCS and everybody's wanting to keep play with the, with the big guys uh, in the FBS. And to me, of course, I believe in myself. I bet on myself every day. But to get that reassurance that these college coaches and at the FBS schools, like even there, saying like, all right, we need to get them. Like, you know what I'm saying? It shows that you have some value. It shows uh, that what you're doing is being seen. Um, it's not being overlooked just because you're in the FCS and that you could really play um, anywhere. Football is football. So it was reassuring uh, more than anything. And I guess, I guess it had to be kind of a maybe a cool moment for you, D'Angelo, because obviously I know you're you're like, OK, this is a quick transition. I got to go prove myself in Virginia, obviously now. But to ha- be in that position then to finally get that opportunity to play on the power five level in the ACC like that had to be a pretty cool accomplishment for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, you see it all the time. Like I say, even like I said, being an FCS, you don't get the exposure and the publicity that they do. So when you're finally in that arena, um, it's like. You know, I've always wondered what it would be like to be there. And a lot of FCS guys don't get that chance. Um, and they still may play in the NFL. They just don't get that FBS experience. So to be able to get both experiences uh, was great. Like I said, then to go to the ACC with the top two between ACC and SEC, it was it was just like, hey, you're here. This is – if you're you going to pick two places to be, if you want to play, those are the two conferences to play in. Um, so just to be there and kind of – Soak that in so fast. I really didn't have time to really be in shock with it um, just because everything was so fast. I think I did like four weeks of practice or three weeks of, of training camp, um, obviously having a quarantine when I got there and playing in the first game. I didn't have time for that, really. But as the season went on, like I kind of woke up every day like I'm really here. This is who I play for. This is the conference I'm in. Um, it's like, hey, you got to come with it every day. Now that being said, I mean you're coming with it every day. Where are you training? When, when you, where are you putting in your work right now? Uh, I was up in uh, Pennsylvania, in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, with Grossetti Performance with Terry and Kyle. Uh, Work with them to get a lot of my uh, body weight up, strength. Um, just because I, because I had lean frame, so just talking to scouts and stuff as far as stuff to improve on stuff they would they would like to see uh was just you know getting a little bit bigger a little bit stronger um so bill's up there been training with them did a phenomenal job with them um love those guys i think they're probably glad i'm gone 
really because I just every day I came in there high energy, ready like it was like playful, but at the same time it was ready to work. So I think they got tired of the energy. It's like this man doesn't know how to calm down. Like he's just high energy all the time, which for most people is like the exact opposite of when I'm not training. Like I'm chill, I'm laid back, but once I get around football or anything related to it, I just it's just another just another person completely. So that and then I'm coming I've come home back to Richmond, um, kind of where it all started. Um, and just be at home, uh, be a little bit more comfortable, not being home at UVA and then going to Pennsylvania, being in Texas for the college ground showcase, you know, I haven't really been home. So I felt like to calm myself and uh just ground myself all over again right before my pro day was the best decision. Then working with my brother um for my position stuff a little bit more to kind of pick up some things since he's a professional athlete still playing um i have a lot to learn from him and he has a great what's his name deshaun amos deshaun are you guys any relation to anthony amos uh not that i know uh because it's the same name and he was a receiver so i was like yeah (laughs) i was like maybe between him and adrian amos with the packers it was they were like the Smash Bros that when he, my brother, was in training camp with the Packers. So it's it's those two are the first two questions we get when it comes to our last name. <laughs> it's unique. You got a unique last name. It's, it's hard to uh, miss. Now your pro day, did you have it yet, or are you are you still getting ready to do it? I'm still getting ready to do my mine is uh, on the March 24th, um, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. D'Angelo, can you give us a little preview? Because I have to think one of the all-time leading punt returners in college football history has to be able to put out some incredible numbers. Can you give us a little feel or a little preview to that event? It's going to be special. I can say that it's going to be special. Um, just because there's a lot of a lot of uh, questions, like I said, that were that was had. Just Ari, what about strength? What about can he put? No, I can't gain that weight. Um, and can he move with it? Can he still be just as smooth, moving that weight around, changing and change of direction and everything? And I think just my style of play and how I play, um, like I said, it at times we question, have people have questions like, all right, how's he going to test? He may be, may be average or maybe great. Um, and I think working out with, doing my pro day with guys like Charles Snowden and um, a couple guys from the past years, Hasis, um, Quinn, and Shane, you know, it's it's a good group of guys to go out there and do your pro day with when they want to compare the numbers. So, like I said, that's just that's just up for after pro day on the twenty fourth. We'll see how it goes. But I love it, man. Good. I was just trying to get some numbers out there. I like it though. I, like it so much. <laughs> um, I will say I'm looking forward to the pro day because I've spoken to Shane multiple times in the past. Shane Simpson, of course, very talented football player. I know that UVA also has a lot of guys going back. I've spoken to Joey Blunt in the past. I've spoken to Mandy Alonzo, Nick Cross, Nick Grant. Yeah. There's a lot of good football players coming out of UVA in the next couple of years that I'm excited about. And you mentioned College Gridiron Showcase. You, we already talked about the training a little bit. How was that experience going down to Texas, put, just kind of putting yourself to the test against some other talented players and just maybe a little bit of feedback from that event? Um, it was it was great. I felt like uh, the College Ground Showcase, that staff, everybody gave the players and not only just us, but the scouts as well, the opportunity to finally see each other and meet each other face-to-face. Um, like I said, they couldn't come to practices and normally do a little bit of interviewing or watching you at practice. They couldn't do that. So to finally be able to meet them in person, they kind of get to 
see your personality and how you are, your character, and just have that conversation uh, was great. Like I said, it lets a lot of players know where they at or how things they need to work on. I know that was one of the things I always asked any scout that I talked to while I was there. It was like, all right, what do you see in my game, you know, that I can improve, um, make sure we're seeing the same things when we watch film. Um, so, like I said, just that experience, that opportunity was great. It was phenomenal. Um, doing the field work um, was great, too. A lot of feedback I got was just, all right, it looks smooth. You know what I'm saying? That's from working with my brother, and that's why I came back here for a week to uh, sharpen look a couple things up for the position work and the drills. But um, everything was pretty smooth. Like I said, it's just to be able to do that same thing uh, for drill work and stuff with more weight. And I know you mentioned that the scout takeaway, obviously, from down there in Texas at the at the CGS. Since then, how have the conversations been with teams, the, all the virtual meetings? How has kind of that relationship building process been for you? Uh, it's been most of the uh, majority of the same. I actually ran into uh, a scout that uh, was at West Point when I was at West Point. Uh, it's just something that I left before he would have been able to really be around me uh, every day. But uh, like I said, but, but for the most part, like I said, just great relationships, um, staying in touch. Um, like I said, of course, keeping my name, my voice, uh, my presence in their ear. Um, and like I said, just giving them any information they really need. I mean, I'm not going to tell them no to anything, but uh, like I said, just continue to have that conversation, letting them get to know me a little bit. Um, and just, you know what I'm saying, continue to uh, remind them that I'm I'm out here working. No, that's a great way to do it and approach it. And, you know, coming on shows like this, maximizing your opportunity where they even more people can get to know you. They can see what kind of leader you're going to be in their locker room, talking about your story and, you know, all of it. It's just wonderful. I, I, I commend you for taking advantage of all the avenues that are laid out there in front of you for you to be successful in this journey and the next. I appreciate it. And, D'Angelo, if I could ask you one final question, just kind of end this off here. You, obviously, from a football family, you mentioned your brother, already a professional athlete. This dream, how long has it been a dream? Is this something like, hey, is the, as far as I can remember, I wanted to be a professional football player. Was this a reality? Maybe that happened in high school. Like, when did this dream come to reality for you that, hey, I can get there one day? Uh, I think it would start, I would say probably about ninth grade. Uh, okay. I came, I planned recreational ball, youth ball. Um, me and all my siblings really played sports and we, we excelled at it. We were good at it. And that's more so because we were competitive inside the house. So we got in the house, it was comparing stats and going back and forth and battling each other all the time. But um, me, I always thought I was going to be a professional athlete. I just didn't know what sport it was going to be. So I was just like, all right, is it going to be baseball? Is it going to be basketball? Is it going to be football? Like, what am I going to do? All I know is I'm going to play sports. That's all I ever thought about as a kid, it was like, I'm going to play sports for the rest of my life. I don't, I, I, for me, it could have been all three. I could have played all three if you would have told me as a kid. But um, I think once I got to ninth grade and football started to, it, it was always there, but it started to really grow more on me. I really started to understand the game more, um, had great coaches that really break it down for me in high school and, and build it up from there. So I think it became there. And then just talking to my brother, um, obviously he's, two years older than me, but he was always three grades ahead. So my freshman year was his senior year in high school. So he was going to college the next year to play football. And I think there is when it was like, hey, we are height, weight, all those things. We are very similar. Um, and if I'm going to have a shot, then you can definitely have a shot. 
And then with the experience that he went through at first, I know how to be a professional and how to carry myself well before I would have to really do that and learn to do that. So um, to me, it was high school and we just talked about it like, hey, you got to take care of the family. How are you going to do that? How are you going to take care of mom? How you take care of grandma? How you gonna take care of whoever? And then your own families of our own. Um, how are we gonna do that? Like this is what we know. This is what, in a sense, comes easy to us. We don't feel like we can work a nine to five job. We tried it. It's not fun. We want to be running around, risking injury for some reason. That's what we want to do. So, uh, like I said, it was just that conversation with him. He's like, all right, you know, we're gonna commit to this. We're gonna grind. We push each other every day even if it's from a distance, um, we're going to always be on each other. So that's when it kind of hit my mind, like, all right, you need to lock in and do whatever it takes. I love it, man. So we're only about 40-something-odd days away from seeing where D'Angelo Amos is going to land here. Very excited for you. D'Angelo, this was an awesome interview, man. I'm going to give you kind of the same thing we gave Cameron. If you want to just take a second to plug any social media handles, throw out any last-second remarks and just talking points that you want to leave with the people. Um, Instagram and Twitter handle, uh, almost famous underscore is almost and then famous F A M O S with an underscore at the end. Um, just a play on the last name, but uh, last remarks just um, anybody that's out there training, whether it's for a sport or career, um, it doesn't have to be in that you know, saying the sports arena, just you know, go hard for it, find your passion, enjoy it. Love it. Don't do anything you're not going to commit to every day. Um, and just know that that you're a valued person. You know, uh, we live in a tough world, but it's going to be OK. You know, brighter days are coming for anybody who's uh, who's down right now. You know, just keep your head up. Keep working. Um, it'll pay off. Absolutely. So, again, D'Angelo Amos, James Madison transfer. University of Virginia pro day coming up here very soon. Excited to see what this talented safety and return specialist has moving forward to the NFL. D'Angelo, appreciate it, man. Again, so much for taking some time tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you to both of you. Thank you. Take care. All right, both. Right. All right. So another fantastic interview, David, if I do say so myself. Cameron Tindley <laughs> at the beginning. I know. I know. I, I line up the interviews and both great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. There it Don't is. Don't break it. Don't break uh, it. Get it back there, old man. <laughs> but, in, in, you know, kidding aside for a second, it was absolutely wonderful. Obviously, two young men that are experiencing the same process, but very different situations, very different perspectives, very different journeys, which is something that I really appreciated. Obviously, with a guy like Cameron, who is coming out of Navy, like, like he has some hurdles even now. Just dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, the hurdles now, getting in front of scouts. You know, you heard all the paperwork that he had to file just so he can get his name out there and get his face in front of some scouts. Got down to the Hula Bowl, got down to College Gridiron Showcase, which is fantastic. Happy for him. And then D'Angelo Amos is a guy that, you know, was affected not on the Power Five, not on the FBS level. And his season getting pushed. Is there even going to be a spring season? Can I afford to wait this out? He obviously takes the transfer portal and has a very successful season for UVA, and I'm excited to see the numbers that he puts up at his pro day and obviously coming from a football family, a sports family in general. Just some awesome insight for me, David, just seeing these athletes with completely different perspectives, completely different backgrounds, but experiencing the process all the same. 
Well, what I learned here is that Amos started out at West Point, and then he went to James Madison, then he went yeah. to UA. So this is a, you know two service service school guys that you know got in one who rode stayed in Navy and all the way through. Another one who left, uh, you know, West Point, went to James Madison, would have finished up there. But um, because another curveball was thrown his way, he ended up at uh, UVA. And now, you know, that's all history. It's, it's just interesting how the roads all lead to the same point. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's one takeaway I'm taking from the stories tonight. Whether you're out of school four or five years and you're getting there. Or you're throwing a bunch of curveballs and you still just have to make the best out of it to get where you belong, where you deserve to be, you know, from the hub conversation earlier tonight to the end here. I mean, we're, we're hearing about young men just being tenacious in their commitment to being professional football players. They're not letting no or doors in their face stop them and they keep going. So I just I enjoyed all the interviews tonight and the messaging from each one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel bad, though, because I think we need an extra episode this week because we didn't get any of the mailbag questions in. We didn't get to any of the free agency that's happening. I mean, who cares about free agency, right? It's all about that. You are just such a sourpuss on free agency. Like all day on Twitter, I've had to blow you up because you're like, I don't want to kick me up. Right. Because you don't know enough. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for the New England Patriots to still win nine or less games because they are overpaying with football football players that aren't really that good. But Dude, know, they have the budget. Know. Might as well go and get it. Yeah, you yeah, know they got an yeah. got an overrated pass rusher from Baltimore who wasn't good last year, and they got a bunch of wide receivers that stink. They got a tight end that can't stay healthy. Good for the New England Patriots. They brought Cam <laughs> Newton back. Congratulations, folks. Let me see who you draft because you're going to be drafting a quarterback of 15 still because Cam Newton isn't good. But let's talk about that another day. David Turner closing out Mav Sports Take episode 32. Going to give you the final word before I do. Make sure you like, share, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Rise and Draft at Mav underscore sports for David Turner. We thank everybody that took the time tonight to be with us, whether it is on Twitter, YouTube, or Twitch. We thank you all so much for the continued support. You can find this podcast on every podcast platform out there. Go to Apple Podcasts especially and drop us a five-star rating. Give us a review. We would really appreciate it. David Turner, end us tonight, my friend. What's the final word? Hey, tomorrow's St. Patty's Day. Enjoy it and, and have fun, and, but be safe. We're not out of the woods yet on the pandemic, and everybody wants to think we've turned the corner. We haven't. So be smart about how you celebrate all the holidays coming up and the different things. But starting tomorrow with St. Patty's Day, you know what? Enjoy it. Have some fun with it. We did here tonight, you know, and again, uh, I just got to say, stay healthy out there. Stay diligent with your mask wearing until we really do get to the other side of this and we can all be back out, you know, amongst each other safely. So we're not out of the woods yet. Ladies and gentlemen, stay at it. Stay with us. And we appreciate you being with us tonight. We absolutely do. And I can say Ryan Robertson to get his first round of the Moderna vaccination. Go get your vaccines. Go wear your mask. We appreciate you all so much. We'll be here same time, same place, 8.30 Eastern time, Tuesday night on the NFL Draft Bible live stream. This is Mav Sports Take, episode 32. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. 
Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.